What's up out there, all you Blitzers? Happy New Year from the All Out Blitz podcast. This is Jeff. And Brady. And uh, this is also January 2nd, 2021. It's finally here. Yes. <laughs> Had a couple of really awesome college games yesterday. Brady watched those. Maybe we'll chat about them a little bit later. Yeah. Uh, hopefully everybody rang in the new year safely mm-hmm. and uh, continue to be healthy through uh, within 2021 here. Um. We're here to talk week 17. Yes. Final week of the 2020 NFL regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this episode, we did wait a couple days, right? Because it is a Saturday right now. Yeah. Instead of doing thir- instead of doing Thursday with it being New Year's Eve, did a lot of work around the house. And then it was New Year's Eve. It was time to chill out, eat some food, and just have some fun. Yeah. Yesterday continued <laughs> to work around the house that needed to be done. By the time it got to that time, Brady was sitting down watching the watching the two bowl games yesterday, mm-hmm. and uh, deciding, you know what? There's no NFL games on. Let's just hang out. Also, both teams I that won in college, I wanted to win. Awesome. They're good games, apparently. Nice blowouts uh, on both games. Yeah. <laughs> so we figure, you know what? Let's do this Saturday, being that yeah. all games in week seventeen are being played on Sunday, January 3rd. Let's kick it up. Let's let's get this episode out the day before. That way we can kind of see, because there's a lot of crazy stuff going on right now, just like we expected, like most people probably expected. Uh, with Christmas and New Year's, a lot of people hitting the COVID list right now, which is really unfortunate. Yeah. Uh, hopefully they'll all get healthy uh, here quickly. Uh, but we'll talk about that as we, as, we, as we wind down and talk about week 17. Uh, before we do that, though, let's jump into it. Let's start off this episode with a couple of fun facts. Alrighty. All right. Um, Dad, you will know this one. I feel like all Seahawks fans should know this one. Number one, Steve Largent was the only wide receiver to never wear gloves. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. And, uh, you know, old school football is definitely different, different than what we have today. Yeah. Uh, but for the career he had, to never wear receiver gloves uh, is more than impressive. Yeah. Because you don't see, honestly, a receiver or corner or anybody not wear gloves today. Yeah. So it's pretty interesting. I like that. No, the time you don't see them wear gloves is whenever it's like pouring down rain. Nowadays. I don't say they still do most of the time because it's more of a fashion statement than anything else. Yeah, kind of. Number two, Devin Hester has the most kick returns yeah, for a touchdown in NFL history with five kick returns and 14 punt returns. Exactly. The dude was a monster. Dude was a monster. So much fun to watch, electrifying. There are punters and kickers that would on purpose just boot the ball out of bounds to not give that dude a shot because you just never knew when that ball got in his hands if he was taking it, taking it, taking it to the house. Yeah. Man, he was fun to watch. Number three, if you guys... If all you Blitzes out there remember a few episodes ago, um, I talked about what the coldest NFL game was. Now, number three, the hottest NFL game was 107 degrees. Well, that'd be terrible. Would be. I'd much rather play in that cold. I would. <laughs> Just hopefully it's a closed, to pray that it's a closed building. What did you say, 107? Yep. 107 Gosh. degrees. Ridiculous. I'm pretty agree. sure in like 2013 or something, there was um, a game where it got up to like 97 degrees. That'd all be terrible. That's way too hot running around with all that gear on. I want it to be like at least 50 to 60 degrees. 
That'd be pretty nice. Man. Oi. Number four, Matt Prater has the longest field goal in NFL history with a sixty yard or sixty four yard field goal. Prater, yeah. I remember seeing back in the day it was uh this is before Prater's kick, of course. What would you say? You said it was sixty three, right? Sixty four. Sixty four. That's right. I saw um it was Jason Elam when he was with the Broncos hit a sixty three yarder, which at that point in time that was the longest. So oh. Prater's been on the ground doing it a long time. All right. So number five, Baker Mayfield has had the longest throw in NFL history with a 70-yard incompletion Hail Mary. Really? Now, it wasn't like a completion, but um, it was the longest throw in, in NFL the air, history. Yeah. I assume, yeah. Yeah. That's surprising, though. All these guys out there, got like Allen and Mahomes, Rod, all got cannons for arms. I guess Mayfield, they, they I just never have to toss it that far. No. <laughs> to win a game. Yeah. Oh, man. Those were my five random NFL facts. Sweet. Awesome. We should well, talk about a little bit of college football at the end of this episode. Yeah, I think I think we're going to have to because it's uh, – I want to talk about a little bit of news here first, and then we'll get into our picks and talk week 17. And then we'll talk you know a little bit about these bowl games and if we think these bowl games helped or hurt the uh, – Draft stock, if you will, for some of these stud players that are going to be coming one player that it did. Uh, and then we'll see where we go from there. Yeah. But uh, let's talk about some news. So I, I mentioned, you know, just, you know, kind of COVID running rampant at this point in time. I mean, just because holiday season, people want to get together with friends and family and everything else. And mm-hmm. that's really what it was like. And um, for the New Orleans Saints, they got hit pretty hard. Uh, Alvin Kamara, of course, coming off that six touchdown uh, game last week, uh, tested positive, and the entire Saints running back room is out tomorrow. Wow. Um, because they were all in close contact with Kamara. So they are bringing up, uh, I think it's Ty Montgomery from the practice squad and uh, signed some other folks there as well, just so they can have a couple of running backs. But you got to figure with Drew Brees playing, Taysom Hill's back there. He'll play more in the backfield likely. Um I mean, not having Kamara hurts. Yeah. But um, we'll see what they do without that star running back because he's really kept them in this season. Um, so the whole Saints running back room is out. Um, other terrible news for the Green Bay Packers is Friday. Um, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Thursday, I think it was, at practice, star left tackle David Bakhtiari suffered a knee injury at practice. Um, they fear, they believe it's his ACL. He is out for the rest of the year. Which is going to hurt them in the playoffs. Just after signing the largest contract about four to five weeks ago, extension for a tackle in NFL history. Um, it is definitely going to hurt. Uh, he, he, is by, he is the best tackle in football. Yeah, uh, he. Uh, I was listening to some things yesterday. He's only given up. I think it was like seven hundred and some snaps, seven hundred eighty-five snaps or something like that. Oh, he's given up one sack. Wow, which is unbelievable, uh, and that's a huge piece to why Green Bay and Aaron Rodgers has been so successful this year. For given given Rodgers all that time in the pocket to kind of pick defenses apart. Yeah, uh, there's going to be a couple of guys like Billy Turner that are going to be kind of rotating in and out. Um. To, to, to try to bridge that gap, but that you, you can't fill that gap right there. That's just that's insane. But yeah, uh, prayers up to him. Hopefully, he'll get healthy and, and ready for next season. 
Yeah, it's going to hurt the Packers, like, in the playoffs. Big time. That run game <clears throat> is going to be difficult to run to that left side anymore. But hopefully hopefully those guys can fill in enough uh, to make it interesting for Green Bay here. And hopefully there's no, uh, no effect after having to deal and see that injury at practice for this team uh, going forward. That's, that's happened in the past where you see a big star go down, and then all of a sudden that just wrecks their season because uh, it's, just, it's just something tough to see and deal with. So Yeah. Uh, but we'll see. It's a tough stretch of the tough stretch of the season, postseason coming up here for this squad. Yeah. Um, defensive coordinator Jim Schwartz for the Philadelphia Eagles is thanking retirement. He will not return to the Eagles after this season. Uh, one of the best DCs out there. So it's it's interesting to see. I mean, all these all these coaches, you know, as they get older, they think about retiring. But that's the latest to hit the news block is uh, defense coordinator Jim Schwartz thinking about. Uh, Thinking about hanging it up right now. And the uh, Eagles defense, you know, they've, the defense has always been fairly decent since uh, since he's been there. And uh, we'll see where it goes from here. Yeah. Uh, Alex, Alex Smith plans to start against the Eagles tomorrow for the Washington football team. So um, I haven't heard anything about Antonio Gibson, if he'll be back or not yet. Uh, Him to- and Terry McLaurin are questionable. So we'll see. Hopefully Gibson can make it back to uh, get the, get Washington in here with a win, putting them in the playoffs would be kind of cool. Uh, let's see here. Couple of couple of uh, potential history makers uh, this weekend. Um, this is kind of a long shot, but we've seen it happen before. Yep. Our good old friend Dump Truck Derek, Derek Henry. 223 yards away from becoming the eighth player in NFL history to rush for 2,000 yards in a single season. Wow. That's a lot of yards in one game, but we've seen him run for over 200 before. Uh, I don't think he's going to do it in week 17. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, their opponent is. Uh, yeah, he might actually do it, to be honest. Against the Texans? Yeah. Yeah. A, a year ago in week 17, Derrick Henry ran against the Texans for 211 yards. I do it again. So if he can get that close, you can bet they're just going to feed him to, to let him hit 2,000. That's just how it's going to go. Yeah. Um, let's see here. If he hits this mark, if he hits 2,000 yards, he will be the first NFL player to do so since 2012 when Adrian Peterson did it with the Vikings. Wow. Yeah. So it's been a long time. It's, that's, not a, uh, that's not an easy feat to get 2,000 rushing yards. Um, but we'll see. I mean, if anybody can do it, he can do it. So another, another history, history setter, record setter, if you will, is uh, Aaron Rodgers this weekend has the potential. Right now he has the NFL leading 44 touchdowns passes, right? We talk about this every week when we talk about league leaders. Uh, he is only one touchdown away from the Packers' single-season record that he set himself back in 2011 when he threw 45 of them, and he was voted MVP that year. Wow. So if he throws two, he beats that record probably on his way to another MVP season. Yeah. Kind of interesting. As we just saw, you know, Josh Allen on Monday night, you know, beat Jim Kelly's uh, season best uh Touchdown record. Aaron Rodgers is about ready to set his own. Yeah. Um, 
So as you can see, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on right now. There's a lot of news floating out there. Um, let's get into let's get into week 17, and, let's do and it. then we'll talk some college ball. We'll talk some other rankings, just fun stuff to chat about. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's kick it off. Uh, like I, like I said to, to start this episode, all games for week 17 are happening Sunday, December 3rd, starting at one o'clock Eastern time, and one game on Monday. Exactly. Throughout the week, let's kick it off with the four and eleven Atlanta Falcons taking on the ten and five Tampa Bay Buccaneers in Tampa. Um, uh, let's well here. So let's add a little more to the news. Right, is uh, stud linebackers for the Bucks, Shaq Barrett and uh, Devin, Devin White. White, both on the COVID list, likely out tomorrow. Um, that helps Atlanta's chances. Um, I'm I'm gonna I'm still gonna take Tampa. I, I want Tampa to win. Yeah, I, I do as well. I want Atlanta to get the highest pick possible. After last weekend, they sat at three for a little bit, and then they then because of the Texans lost uh, when they lost, which their their first round pick is actually Miami's now due to a trade that actually moved Miami up to three and knocked Atlanta back to four. Uh, so they have they have the potential, depending on wins and losses this weekend, to pick anywhere between third and eleventh. I do not want an eleventh pick. I don't want an eighth pick. I want a third, fourth, or fifth pick. One of those three for my Atlanta Falcons. So I'm going to take Tampa Bay here. Uh, if that offense and, and Tom Brady is competitive as just as anybody else in the league, uh, he's going to go out there and still want to win. Well, so did the Falcons. They do. They do, but uh, to be honest with you, I would trust Tampa's offense and defense a little more. Uh, I mean, Atlanta's defense played the best ball they played all year last week against the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know if that's going to happen again. Eh. I just don't think it's going to happen again. So we'll see. Uh, Raheem Morris interviewed yesterday for the uh, head coaching job for the Atlanta Falcons. I, the think he, head coach. I think he deserves to have a head coach, at least like a shot for it. Yeah, I, well, he was interviewed, so that's his shot. Um, I, I, I mean, no disrespect to Raheem. I, I like the guy. I, I don't want him to be our head coach, though. We need somebody completely new from the outside to come in, get some new blood in there, everything else, and just, just get this thing moving. I don't want the same thing again. But that is better. the most Falcons move ever, is you have an interim head coach who goes, what is he, four and six right now as the head coach, and... Let you hire him again. Like I just, I, just, I don't, watch, I don't like that. Watch is going to be Dirk Cutter is going to be head coach. No, Dirk Cutter's not going. He's, he should just, he should be retiring here soon. Um, but we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to take Tampa Bay. Next game, Cowboys, Giants, crap fest of the division. I'm going to take Dallas. I am too. I, I just Dallas is playing good football. Yeah, right now. <laughs> yeah. Um this could potentially get them into the playoffs if they win and Washington loses. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. But uh you're taking Dallas, I'm taking Dallas. Yep. Sweet. Next game. Oh, this would be so much fun. Oh my gosh. The two and thirteen New York Jets. That's right. Two the wins two and back 13. to back, man. Uh taking on the six and nine Patriots. I'm taking the Jets. I am too, because I honestly think they actually have a shot to win. I want the Jets to win because I want to see every the, at this point every AFC East team would have beaten the Patriots this year. The Dolphins did it, the Bills did it, and now if the Jets did it, dude, 
Patriots got cleaned by the division. Rivals. I don't. I don't know if that's ever happened ever before. So I'm taking the Jets here. And I think if the Jets win, I think that's going to solidify their mark that they're not taking a quarterback. I, I don't think they're taking a quarterback right now at number two. I it's going to be hard to, after seeing Justin Fields last night, to pass him, to pass on him. Um, I, I still don't think they're taking a quarterback at two. I do. But we'll see. You never know. You never know. Watch like Adam Gase gets fired like a week before the draft, and then somebody else comes in, and they're like, yep, we're taking one. <laughs> I don't see no, that. Adam, Ga- Adam Gase is going to stay. Uh, so we're both taking the Jets. Yep. Next game. Next game, the 6 and 9 Minnesota Vikings taking on the 5 and 10 Detroit Lions. And I'm taking the Vikings. So Matthew Stafford's been out, right? Or he's been really dinged up anyway, I should say. He only played a couple of snaps last week. Um, he's got rib and ankle injuries. He is also set to start. Again, in this season finale against the Vikings. I am going to take the Lions. All right. And it's, there, there's, there's one reason why. Is I think Matthew Stafford's going to win. And I also think this is going to be his last game as a Detroit Lion. Yeah. And I see him going out on top. On top means with a win. <laughs> because that's as far as they can get right now. Uh, but I'm going to take the Lions just for that fact. Uh, next game, the 12 and three Pittsburgh Steelers taking on the 10 and five Cleveland Browns. Steelers, I'm taking the Browns. Steelers barely getting a win last week. Yep, I'm taking the Browns, and it's just because Pittsburgh doesn't care at this point. Uh, Mason Rudolph is starting. Uh, players like Cam Hayward, T.J. Watt, they're all sitting tomorrow. Oh. Um. Baker's still there. Chubb, Hunt are there. Uh, Jarvis is back. I think other wide receivers are coming back. So I think they will be just fine. I think they'll get a win here to really make this playoff picture interesting after week 17. Yeah. I, to be honest, like, out of those, like, that five-game stretch or whatever, whenever, like, the Pittsburgh, whenever the Steelers were still, like, 11-0. and Yep. The only team I actually saw them beating was actually the Colts. Yeah, and they shouldn't have. They were getting blown out. Yeah. Next game, the 10-5 and five Baltimore Ravens take on the 4-10-1 Cincinnati Bengals. I'm taking the Ravens just because, you know, Bengals. I think this is going to be harder than what people think. No, it's not. I think it will be. Cincinnati's been playing good football. Baltimore and Lamar have been playing like they did last year in the regular season. Um, I'm going to go off here. I'm going to take Cincinnati. Because I think, I mean, I think, I don't think Baltimore's making the playoffs. I think it's going to be the Colts. Um, But it would be really weird to see Baltimore not make the playoffs after what they did last year and then see what kind of roster shakeup happens. But I'm going to go Bengals. I'm going to take a full-out Ohio win with the Brownies and the Bengals. Next game, the 10-5 and five Miami Dolphins against the 12-3 and three Buffalo Bills. This is going to be a phenomenal game. This sucks. We want, we want both of them to make the playoffs. I want both teams to win. Uh, Sadly, that's not possible. Can we make it? Let's, I'm just going to call it a tie. I don't ever want games to tie, but I kind of want... 
I, I want Miami to win because I want them to get in, but I don't want Buffalo to fall anymore, and I want them to win because of MVP Allen. I want the Bills to win a championship. I want But Bills here's here's the kicker. Um, Fitzmagic, not playing, not available due to COVID. This is all on Tua. This is all on Tua tomorrow. Yeah, and then there is no one that can bail him out of this, and he is going against potentially the number one team in the NFL right now. Yeah, and and I know that's a little bit of a stretch for some people. Yeah, and and yeah, and if they lose, you're going to start criticizing him all Wednesday. Exactly next time we record. (laughs) Do I want to talk about that? I'm taking the bills. All right, you're taking the bills. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go Miami. All right, and I don't know why. Because I want the Bills to win the whole thing, and even if they lose, I still think they can win the whole thing. I'm gonna put a I'm gonna put a little a little ear on this for now, but I want to talk about the Miami Dolphins and draft time when we start talking about college football later. Remind me about that if I forget. I'll try. Okay. Go. Next game. The eleven and four Seattle Seahawks take on the six and nine San Francisco 49ers. I am taking the 49ers. I'm taking Seattle. All right. I'm taking Seattle because I think they want to move up a little bit. I think they're hitting quite the stride right now as they're getting towards the postseason. They're playing really good football again. That defense is still a little shaky, but let's be honest, the, the Niners' offense, C.J. Beathard at the helm, I don't know about that. I'm going to take Seattle, though. And I think D.K. Metcalf is going to have a game and a half right there. All right. Uh, next game, look, this is interesting because that's an NFC West battle, right? Seattle, San Francisco. So is the next game. Next game, NFC West battle. Eight and seven Cardinals against nine and six Rams. I'm taking the Rams. If I have to compare the last three weeks of football, this is a turtle game. Really? Both these teams sucked the past couple weeks. Yeah. They both played terrible football. Offensively, defensively, everything. Nothing's been there. I think. It what ar- did the Rams do last week? Put up nine points. Against who? Seattle. Yeah. And the week before that, they lost to the Jets. True. What did the Cardinals do last week? Remember? Lose. Yeah. What about the week before that? Beat the Eagles. Did they? Thanks. I, I don't know. I'm just asking. I'm not a Cardinals fan. I don't know. I'm just saying. I didn't know if you remember or not. I don't remember what they did. But they've been playing terrible football. Both teams have. It's and not, you know it's, what? It's not the turtle bowl game. No. No, but if if any of these teams want to get in the playoffs, they need to win tomorrow. <laughs> this is a one and done for these teams right now. Yeah. Um, I'm taking Rams because uh, I'm taking Rams because I think ever since the Cardinals lost to the Patriots, they've only won like one or two games. Okay. Here, let me let me put this in there. Jared Goff ain't playing tomorrow. They got a backup QB plan, and Cooper Cup is on COVID list. Still, yeah, like Higby. I'm Phillips. taking the Cardinals. All right. Unless Aaron Donald can play offense, I'm taking the Cardinals. Playing, and he probably can, but they're not going to. playing gonna. QB. Can you imagine that dude running? <laughs> Hurtling over someone. Oh, my gosh. Talking about hurdle. Najee Harris. Boom. Hey, we thought we're leaving that till the end of the episode. Dan. Uh, next game. Next game, the 1-14 and 14 Jacksonville Jaguars take on the 10-5 and five Indianapolis Colts. I am taking the Colts because I think at this point the Jaguars are trying to lose so they stay the number one first pick. Well, it's already locked in. It is. So but. even if they win, they still get the first pick. But the Colts ain't going out like that. 
Philly Rivers ain't retiring just yet. He said he said he's going to retire if, if the Colts don't make the playoffs. And they're making it tomorrow because they're going to win and the Ravens are going to lose and it's going to put the Colts right back in it. Uh, no. Yeah. No. Yeah. Dolphins will lose and then the Colts will get into it. <laughs> I don't want to. Dolphins, please stay in the playoffs. Um, AFC Championship game. I want to see Miami-Buffalo. That'd be uh, awesome. I want to see the beard. I want to see Casey... And Let's see the beard come in and just win it all. Can't uh, see in the Bills. You're taking the Colts. Yeah, I'm taking the Colts. Um, next game, ten and five, dump truck Titans taking on four and eleven, Houston Texans. I'm taking the Titans. I'm taking the Titans. I, I don't. I don't have confidence right now in the Houston Texans. The only thing I can say that's going to give this team motivation is potentially that post game pressure by JJ Watt I talked about in the last episode. Yeah. Calling people out, pretty much saying, if you don't want to do the work, get out of here, fools. He didn't say that because he's a nice guy. But I'm still taking Tennessee. And I think Dump Truck's going to get pretty close to that 223. I think there's a chance at the end of this year, J.J. Watt will no longer be a Texan. Hey, J.J., if you ever listen to this, man, I know you never will. Come to Atlanta, please. We need you. Please. I just want a, a person like that on this football team. Then you'll get his jersey and frame it. Yes, I will. Yeah, you will. I might do it anyway. Um, Next game. Seven and eight, Las Vegas Raiders take on the five and ten Broncos. I'm taking the Raiders. <sighs> Go ahead and take the Broncos. We don't know what you're going to. This is a crappy game. This has potential to be a turtle bowl of the week. I just both these teams are bad. I don't care what anybody says. They're well, bad. I'm, I already know next game's going to be a pretty hard game for you to choose. I, I'm going to take the Broncos. I knew you it's not going to be hard to choose the next game. Nah, yeah, I know who you're taking. I'm taking the Broncos. Right. Next game, 6-9, and nine, L.A. Chargers taking on the 14-1 and one Colts. I'm taking the Chargers. Yeah, you're taking new boy Herbie. I'm taking Herbie all day. I'm taking the back-to-back playoff and probably Super Bowl champions, KC Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes sitting on the bench. Chad, Chad, Chad Henney sitting in there. Well, again, like like you said earlier, for like another team. Um, I bet a lot of those other starters are going to sit for KC too, like Ty, Chris Jones. You know, Ty. I'd sit Tyreek too. I would not let him get anywhere near the field tomorrow. Kelsey. Kelsey, same thing. That's I mean, I'm, I'm taking a, I'm taking a Chargers. Um, I think if the Chargers well, put on a win, again, even with like, those guys sitting, Anthony Lynn's keeping his job. Well, again, like. Um, the Chiefs really have nothing to play for because they've already locked up like they've the locked everything first up. overall seed. They yep. got home field advantage. They got a buy. They got a buy. Yep. Well, next game, twelve and three Packers take on the eight and seven Chicago Bears. I'm taking the Packers. Ooh. I take the Bears. Um. He's gonna take the Bears. I do think it's gonna be a good game. Believe it or not. He's going to take the Bears. I'm taking the Packers. Ah, dang it. <laughs> no, I'm going to take the Packers. I mean, even – I think they're going to have a heavy dose of running the football because I don't – I think at some point throughout this game – I mean, Green Bay wants to – they need to win, right? Because right now they're in that number one seed where they're going to get a bye and home field advantage. They don't want to lose and the Saints win, and then the Saints take it over, and they lose that bye. Yeah. Um, so they're going to play, and I'm going to take the Packers because they're going to play this game hard, and they're going to play it for Bakhtiari, too, to, to, to just just because to show them what they got. Yeah. 
Next game, 11 and 4 Saints taking on the 5 and 10 Panthers. I'm taking the Panthers. This is the last 425 game. I'm taking the Panthers too. Next game. Final and the game, final game of the week, eight, Sunday night football. 26 and 9 football team take on the 4 10 and 1 Eagles. I'm taking the Eagles because even though Alex Smith is confirmed that he's going to play, Gibson and McLaurin are still questionable. Football team all the way. All right. Philly's out of it. I'm going to get you they a Ron want, Rivera jersey. They want to play, spoiler, I get that. But the football team is in it to win it, and they need to win this game if they want to make the postseason, and they want to make the postseason. I'm going to get you defense. a Ron Rivera jersey. Okay. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, yeah, taking football team for sure. All right. That wraps up the seventeen week 17 preview. Talking about games and picks. Before we talk college football, let's talk wide receiver rankings for a minute or two here. All right. It's not going to be a minute or two, just so everyone knows. It's going to be a few minutes. Okay. Mr. Technicality. Um, so, Devontae Adams just got his Madden 99 rating the other day. I do believe he is the best wide receiver in football this year. He is. I don't think two, there's. Stephon Diggs. Well, and that's what I'm going to talk about because that's, the, that's the, the rankings I'm looking at currently. That's currently how they're ranked. Devontae Adams, number one. Listen to these stats, though. Devontae Adams played 13 games. Stephon Diggs played 15. Okay? Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs played every game this year. Devontae Adams have, has 109 catches for 1,328 yards. Stephon Diggs is 120 receptions for 1,459 yards. So about 130 yards more on 11 more receptions. That's a pretty good game for somebody right there. Yeah. They both averaged exactly 12.2 yards per catch. That's a first down every time they catch they touch the ball. Yep. Here's the key differentiator. What's that? Stephon Diggs has eight touchdowns. Devontae Adams has 17. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Those are the top two wide receivers in football. Yeah. Who do you think number three would be? If you have to look through Hopkins. You think Hopkins? Yeah. I don't even I don't think so. I'm gonna go on Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill's played every single game this season. He only caught the ball eighty seven times. Not only. Okay, but the top two were hundred and twenty and hundred and nine receptions. I did not know that. He has 1,276 yards. That's only about 50 yards behind Devontae Adams on approximately 22 less less catches. I thought we were talking stat-wise. That's why I took DeAndre Hopkins. If not, I probably would have taken Tyreek Hill. He averages 14.7 yards per catch, and he has 15 touchdowns. Wow. Yeah. He needs to be put in the conversation as best wide receiver in football. And he has Patrick Mahomes, but the other two have Josh Allen and Aaron Rodgers. Number four, this ranking has DeAndre Hopkins, and I think this is incorrect. DeAndre Hopkins played all 15 games, 111 receptions, 1,372 yards, 
12.4 yards per catch and six touchdowns. That's D-Hop's year. This next one, number five, should be at least four on this list. Cup. If not, slightly higher. Cooper Cup? No. Oh. Let, me, let me point this out, though, all right? If this was my list and not someone from NFL.com, it would go Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, Diggs, and then this next guy. Diggs would be number four on my list. Is Calvin number three? Calvin Ridley. Number three. I knew it. 14 games. He's, he missed one game with an injury. He had 82 catches for 100 or 1,322 yards. He averaged 16.1 yards per catch and nine touchdowns. Wow. Other than yards, he has a better year than Stephon Diggs. He has one less game. Let's see what that is. About 130 yards less catching. My gosh, on 38 less catches. Well. Right? So here's, if I had to give my top five, let me know what you think about this. And I'll repeat it. Devontae Adams, one. Tyreek Hill, number two. Calvin Ridley, number three. Stephon Diggs, number four. D-Hop drops out of the top five. Number five is DK Metcalf. I 100% agree with that. That's my list of five wide receivers in football today. Yeah. I completely agree with that. Just something fun to think about. Also, before we get, we forgot a few episodes ago, we need to do Game of the Week and Trailer Bowl of the Week. We do. We do. So let's talk about that now. Before we talk college football, let's start off with the... Turlet Bowl of the Week. Turlet Bowl of the Week. Let's do it first. Do you know who you got first? I got both. You have both already? Yeah. Well, who's your Turlet Bowl? Dallas Giants. Staying with the end of the Turlet Division? Yep. I'm taking Raiders Broncos. Eh, that could be a good That's game. That's my Turlet Bowl of the Week. It'd be a good game. Now... All Out Blitz Podcast Game of the Week. Miami Buffalo. I second that. <laughs> Knew it. Miami Buffalo Game of the Week. Yeah. I think uh, playoff stuff, you know, it all has to do with this game. I think, and this is the perfect segue uh, into talking about college football. Because before we talk about the games yesterday, I have a take for you, okay? What is that? Tomorrow. Tomorrow could potentially keep Miami in the playoffs or knock them out, depending on who wins. Tua, as I mentioned before, this game is 100% on his shoulders. There is no one that can back him up. He nope. needs to do what he does with this offense against that crazy, difficult Buffalo Bills defense. If they win this football game, I think whether they win or lose, it will dictate their draft. Hear me out. He is. Miami Dolphins win this game. They go to the playoffs. Tua Tungavailoa is their long-term quarterback. 
if the Miami Dolphins lose tomorrow and they pick number three in the draft next year, they will have their choice of quarterbacks if they want to draft another quarterback. There is high potential that if the Jets do not select Justin Fields at number two, potentially Justin Fields will be a Miami Dolphin next year with the number three pick. Really? I think so. I think that's very likely because most people are thinking, well, (laughs) Miami has fits. They'll probably keep him on if they can. Yeah. They just drafted Tua. Right, he was the he was what what pick was he this year? Fourth, fifth, something um, like that. I want to say fifth because I'm pretty sure the first four were Bengals, football team, Panthers. I don't know. It was Lions up there. Too. Yeah. Oh, that's right. They were three. They took a Cuda. Yeah. I don't know, but either way, it was a top five pick. Tua was there. Well, they're gonna have the third pick likely if they lose. I honestly think they take Justin Fields. Wow. I, I, I don't, you know, I just call it a hunch. I just think they take Justin Fields. Now, if Tua's their guy, right, it's either that or they're going to trade out of it and give it to somebody who wants a quarterback. And they're going to get more draft picks, <laughs> which yeah. would be even more ridiculous because they already have two first-rounders. Um. But Justin Fields, speaking of Justin, he played out of his mind last night. Are we talking about college football now? We are talking about college football. When Ohio State took on and whooped the Clemson Tigers and next number one draft pick, Trevor Lawrence. I want to ask you a question. Sure. Are you starting to come around and saying that Trevor Lawrence is not going to be the first overall pick? No. Yeah. I still firmly believe he's number one. I don't think that game last night – Showed anything really? I mean, I think it he helped the ball like three times. It helped Justin Fields quite a bit. He threw like he threw like what was it like six touchdowns? Yeah, but he threw like and a pick three, for Justin. Three Fields. of those touchdowns were more than like thirty or forty yarders. I agree. He has he's a, a, I think he's a great quarterback, but I don't think that game hurt Trevor Lawrence at all because he still himself had an incredible stat line. And I think Clemson's defense just laid an egg. I, I I didn't watch the game. You watched the game. I watched both of them. Now, if I if I, what I, my plan is probably the next couple of days, I'll watch both. What I'm curious to really pay attention to is Justin Fields. First of all, his long ball is phenomenal. His accuracy is incredible. What he can do on that field is incredible. With being so mobile, having a cannon for an arm. Amazing accuracy. That's great. I I am going to pay closer attention when I watch this game to the Clemson defense. Because I've seen things, just some folks talking about not even being sure what type of defense Clemson was even running yesterday. Well, like... Clemson's offensive line was not doing good at all yesterday. Well, that that doesn't help Trevor either, right? But their defense, I think, aided Justin Fields into having that type of game. He didn't have to make difficult throws. No, he didn't. 
every every pass he threw, the guys were wide open with plenty of separation. There were there was one touchdown where like he was it was maybe like a ten or twenty yard touchdown. Where there was one guy that was just li- literally like kind of like walking like in the back of the end zone and he just threw it too. Yeah, I mean, no I, covering too. I don't want to take anything away from the kid because that's an incredible bowl victory with one of the best stat lines ever. But I I think the Clemson defense helped him in that because they were so bad. Yeah. Um, where I think Ohio State's defense played very well. Trevor did all he could do himself. And I think yes, he forced things, which caused him to fumble the ball and that kind of stuff. But you never really. What else are you going to do when you are the only one trying to will your team to a victory in a bowl game? He had no help from anyone. Etienne ran for like forty yards. He did nothing yesterday. Yeah, and, and I honestly think that hurt you know, his draft stock. Funny, have you, did you see that one clip on YouTube where like Justin Fields literally got like split in half in the one play? Oh, uh, yeah, with this. Oh, yeah, where that guy got. Booted out, they booted out of the game for that hit because they called. They said it was targeting or something, which was garbage. All he did, all like he lowered his helmet, and just like pretty much like rammed it like right into his ribs, and literally like made his it, helmet like, was to the whole. Yeah, but his right. helmet was to the side. He didn't lead with his head. He hit with his neck practically into Justin Fields' yeah, ribs. Yeah, but like the thing is, like even with that, he still like on a few touchdown plays, you could see him kind of like holding like his side. Even with that, he still put up forty nine points. Yeah, I there. I, I did see a clip of him trying to get on like a like a bike. Yeah, and he was trying to lift his leg, and he was he was in pain. But he even said after the game, and this is unfortunate too, which which happens a lot more often than we think. But immediately after that hit, Fields went into the tent, and uh, they gave him two shots in his ribs, oh. and said, "Go back out and play." They never. The team doctors never told. Justin Fields, what injury he had or what's wrong, what was wrong with him after that vicious hit that he took, they gave him two shots and said, go play again. Those shots, of course, are to help with pain. So even though he probably, maybe he has like two broken ribs. We have no idea. But because of those shots, he was able to play as if nothing was wrong. So that's why he was still able to do that. Yeah. But either way, I mean, I think that was an unsuspected, absolute trouncing that the Ohio State Buckeyes gave the Clemson Tigers yesterday in the Sugar Bowl. It's funny. In both games, both 10-1 and teams lost. Yeah. The undefeated Alabama pretty much. Roll tide. Roll tide. Rolled right over that Notre Dame team. Yeah, people wonder why Notre Dame is always in game in, in, in bowl games with top teams. But to be honest with you, Notre Dame's played very good football this year. Probably the last two years they played very good football. I saw like I saw like a thing where like in like every bowl game that Notre Dame was in, they lost. Here's an interesting line though, right? Notre Dame, they were what, ten and one? Ten and one. How many games did uh, Ohio State or Clemson play this year? Ohio State was six and zero. Oh. So they played six football games. Notre Dame played 11. Why is that? So Ohio State's in a bad division, I'm guessing. That's pathetic. They're in the SEC. I don't understand it. I think Clemson was pretty – They what Clemson had with 10-1, and one, right? Yeah. So team that played 11 games and only lost one 
got to play a team that only had to play six games and they won them all. Well, there is over like 100 like college football teams. Uh, yeah, but I'm but in that conference, there's only a, you know power five teams. There's only about five six teams that are actually good. That's the thing I don't understand about college football is you had these teams like how many what was what's Bama's record? Um, I want to say eleven and zero. Yeah, All right. And then Ohio State only had to play six games. Yeah, All right, because they're in the Big Ten. Yeah, but SEC teams played more because they didn't they didn't stop playing at first like Big Ten did with when COVID and stuff happened. So, um, I think in the national championship when it is like I think Ohio State has to play like the way they played um, Clemson if they want to actually win. Oh, for sure, for sure. But when you look at um, let, let's talk about that first game. I know you're excited to talk about Bama. So Bama <laughs> absolutely crushed Notre Dame. Um, their three stars, well, let's say four stars, showed up and showed out. With quarterback Mac Jones, wide receiver Devontae Smith, Najee Harris, Najee Harris, Patrick Sertain. Which we wanted to, we, we were going to talk about earlier, and I said wait till the end. Najee Harris had a phenomenal hurdle, <laughs> and you said it was probably the best hurdle you've ever seen ever because he hurdled a guy that was it was a high it was a high jump. He hurdled a guy, stayed on his feet and kept running like he didn't like start ta- like he didn't like started like he didn't like trip over himself or something and start like tumbling and then fall. Typ- typically, when running backs or anybody hurdles people, they usually do more of a hurdle and lunge. He has his. Body balance is something that I've never seen. The way that he was able to, first of all, leap while running as high as he did, keep his body fully balanced to land and just take off, not a single stumble, nothing. Nope. Was something that I've never seen before like that. Ever so in my he life. jumped over a guy, landed on his feet, and just kept on running. It was it was extremely impressive. There was one play that um, Devonta Smith, he got, like, a touchdown. He had, like, fly, like, he was, like, there were two toe-tap touchdowns in both games, and there was one from Devonta Smith where he was, like, running, like, full speed at, like, the side of, like, the end zone and it was able to catch the ball, like, right, like, right at the line and kept both of his feet in and went, like, flying into the sideline. Yeah. It was it was absolutely insane. And, uh, like I said, he was going like full speed. Devontae Smith, of course, won. What was it? Player of the game. Uh, MVP, offensive MVP. Offensive MVP because he's an absolute beast. And Sertain won defensive MVP. Exactly. So I I don't know, you know, and I, there's going to be a big battle when it comes draft time, you know, between. Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddell, and Jamar Chase on what wide receiver is going to go first. Devontae Smith, if they're smart. It should be Devontae Smith no matter what. I mean, I just, and I think it's going to be him, Chase, and then Waddle more than likely. Um, and you want um, Devontae Smith to be Atlanta's first pick. I would love it, honestly. I mean, I think it would be great. I think you need to start planning. I mean, first of all, to have three Bama wide receivers as your wide receivers would be hilarious. Be awesome. uh, between Julio Ridley and Smith. But I think to have somebody like Devontae Smith with Calvin Ridley as your one and two technically, and then have Julio there, first of all, just for being the amazing teammate that he is and coach that he is to these younger wide receivers, I think would do him such an absolute service 
to, to really start him off, uh, you know, for an amazing career. Um, I think it would be great to have those kind of weapons, but I think it's going to depend on whoever our head coach is going to be. Yeah. If our head coach is someone like Eric Bieniemy, where he's extremely creative and can use these weapons in different ways to scheme guys open, it's perfect. If it's not someone like him, then I think our first pick has to be Patrick Sertain. To pair him with A.J. Terrell would be absolutely amazing to, as your two corners. And they're so young. Terrell would be in his second year, Sertain in his rookie year. I think that would start off with making that defensive backfield phenomenal. Um, but either way, uh, I think we're gearing up for, I think, an amazing national championship game between Alabama and Ohio State. And if anyone's wondering why I'm excited about Alabama, it's because I'm an Alabama fan. So I think, I mean, last it's, year's game was pretty exciting when you looked at LSU with Burrow and Clemson. But I think this, this Ohio State and Bama game is going to be an apps. I think it's going to be just... Um, you're going to see punishing hits. You're going to see so much speed that you've never seen before. You're going to see great coverage. Uh, it's just it's going to be a fun game to watch. It is absolutely so. Um, well, um, yeah. I mean, that's you know a little additional college football here today, just because of the bowl games being on. But hopefully, everybody will enjoy. Yep. Uh, week 17 in the National Football League as we finish out the regular season. Let me let me pitch something by you before we close out here. All right. We have week 17 right now. We do. We got a lot of players on the COVID list. You have a lot of teams fighting for playoff spots. Here's my pitch to the NFL. I think fans will hate it, and I think the NFL will never do it. But after this week, what are your thoughts? My, my thoughts, what I think would be best, and maybe it wouldn't work out that way, postpone the playoffs for two weeks. Why? Let every playoff team get COVID healthy. Um, if teams can force their players just for the playoffs to quarantine, stay to, either stay together, just like the NBA did for the playoffs and the finals, I think that way it helps make sure that we have the best players on these teams for the playoffs in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I don't see it like that. I think they should just have them like have the playoffs like as soon as possible just so because just so like then they're sure to make sure that no one's going to get covid. Yeah, but what about the players that have it now that could potentially be out next weekend or went out on New Year's and you won't see it until this coming week where they get it and they're going to be out for the first week. Well, then they're out. You can't really do much about it. I'm just saying, to make sure it's the best players against the best players, not not on IR, of course, but at least push it back a week to make sure that these players are off the COVID list and we're getting the best football possible out of each and every team that's going to be in the playoffs. Well, but what here. if, like, in a week, say, like, Josh Allen gets COVID or something? But that's what I'm saying. Is, is that's why I'm saying they, they have it, like, as soon as possible. If they delay it these teams force their players into a quarantine where they're not going to get it unless, well, they're not going to get it unless they introduce somebody from the outside that has it. Like right now, all the players can go home. They can do this. They can go out places. They can do whatever they want. Where with the NBA last year, when they had to finish playoffs or this year, actually or 2020, so it is last year, they were all in a bubble in Florida and they were not allowed in or out 
people were not allowed in or out. And the playoffs and finals were phenomenal because you had the best players there. Yeah. So if you quarantine, say, after week 17, quarantine, delay the season two weeks, let's make sure everybody's off the COVID list, bubble them until your team gets eliminated, let's make sure we have the best players on the field. Yeah, I don't agree with that. It's not going to happen. I don't agree with that though because, like I said, like they should just do like as soon as possible, just in case. Like, yeah, but if you don't if you don't quarantine or bubble them and just say, okay, next week it starts, they can do whatever they want. See, the only time I think they should do that is like at the Super Bowl. So finishing it, like doing it as quickly as possible, isn't going to stop them. You need to quarantine and bubble them to make sure that they're not around people in general, so they can be on the field. The only time I think they should do that is, like, during the Super Bowl. Well, they will because they're going to typically – they typically have two weeks between the championship game and the Super Bowl anyway. Well, the Super Bowl, like, earlier this year was saying, like, it might get pushed back, like, four weeks because of COVID. Well, it's possible. But even without COVID, there's a two-week separation between the championship game and the Super Bowl because the week in between, you typically had media week. Yeah. So that's fine. But I'm just saying for the playoffs, if you want the best football possible – you almost need to push it back a week or two to, and, and quarantine everybody and, and bubble them off to make sure that you don't have star players getting COVID or some backup coming into a room and giving <laughs> your star quarterback, wide receiver, defensive player COVID at the worst possible time for your team. Anyway, just a thought. Something, something to noodle on, something different. Uh, that wraps up. The week, week 17, 17 preview episode, folks. We hope you all enjoy week 17 in football, the final regular season week. Uh, be safe out there, of course. Enjoy football, and we will see you back here next week to talk what happened in this week 17, uh, what the playoff picture, the solidified playoff picture, will look like as we move into um, – Playoff week starting on, what is it, the 10th, right? Uh, it's either the 10th or 11th, because I know the 11th is when the national championship happens. That's a Monday night, so it'll be probably Saturday and Sunday, so the 9th, possibly. Maybe, I don't, I don't know. 9th or 10th, it starts. Wish it was the We're fourth. too focused on the last week right now to think about that. Uh, but anyway, enjoy it. We'll be back next week to talk what happened and talk playoff picture and, any, of course, any kind of news going on around there. And uh, I'm sure we'll probably even talk a little uh, little national championship game, too. Yeah. So from us here at the All Out Blitz podcast, have a great week. Enjoy football. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Peace. Peace out. Peace out.